podcast for Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I should say the quarterly news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. Uh, I'm the host of Geek Fallout this evening. My name is Chris Lockhart. Unfor- we were going to have Richard host. He, he's the original host tonight, but unfortunately he couldn't make it, so I'm stepping in. And, um, you know, hopefully next time we can get Rich uh, back in the old uh, hosting chair. But I am not alone. Uh, I am joined by three in- other individuals. First up, uh, longtime friend of Geek Fallout, we have Chris Guida. How's it going, Chris? Oh, it's been pretty good, thank you. Uh, nice to be back. I haven't uh, talked to most of you in quite a while, so uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Excellent. Well, glad to have you here. Uh, next up, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? It is going well. Um, I got to assume you guys have it worse, but it is freaking cold. Um... Actually, we're, we're freezing this week. Where I am, it actually warmed up. Like, it was cold a couple days last week, like minus 30-ish. But now it's like, I'm guessing it's like maybe minus 2 outside. Celsius, of course. Right. Um, but I don't know, it might be, yeah, what's... Might, might be colder in Ottawa. Uh, how's it there, Chris? Yeah, it, it hasn't been that warm in weeks here. Uh I think the warmest has been, uh, in basically since Christmas has been around, uh, uh, minus 17. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That being said, I've only had to uh, shovel the driveway like once. So. Oh. That's, yeah. that's good. That's so bad. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's going quite well. Hello, everyone. And, uh, here in Saskatoon, it's about minus two, and we've had so much snow all year, all winter. Feels like it's been years. It's only been a few weeks, I guess. Yeah. But lots of snow, but currently quite mild. Yeah, that's like like here too. Like, though it was really windy today, though. Like, it, you know, like even though it was warm out, that wind would like it. It just like went right through your jacket, right to the bone. You know, like, it was cold. Um, but uh, I, I forgot to ask you guys if you guys are drinking anything tonight. Because tonight, I, I actually, prior to recording, I ran down to the liquor store. And I picked up, uh, they're still, like, I don't know, like, they must have ordered a bunch of, like, of those like those specialty boxes for Christmas, you know, that you would, you know, give as gifts. Um because Innocent Gun, they have they have these specialty boxes where it comes, like, with this nice glass. So I, I got a couple Innocent Gun beers here. Uh, one is, um, and this is Scottish beer. One is uh, made with uh, ripe Scottish cherries. Uh, yeah. I think it's called Creek 2021. Uh, and it's so good. Like, I'm, I'm not a big wine fan, but it kind of has, like, that wine flavor to it but also beer as well. Um, 
So I'm enjoying that. And I also got another bottle of Innocent Gun, but this is, is Caribbean, uh, made from Caribbean, in a Caribbean rub uh, cask, natured for spiciness. So I'll be drinking those two while we record. Anyone else uh, got anything on tap? Well, I was just going to say Innocent Gun is some of my favorite beer. Nice. And the uh, just the standard Innocent Gun beer is phenomenal out of yep. one of my horn mugs. Excellent. And uh, I am currently drinking. I'm not drinking a Scottish beer. I'm actually drinking a Saskatchewan beer, Brewhouse Pilsner. They're about a dollar a can. And they're made by Great Western Brewery, which is uh, about four blocks from my house. Nice. Oh, nice. So that's about as local as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Years ago, I actually reached out to them to like be a sponsor of my podcast. Um, mm. And I mean, they were nice. Like they, you know, they kindly declined, but at least they, you know, got back to me. <laughs> like it was, you know. Cool. Um, Kevin and Chris, well, they, they're. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Th- their flagship beer is called Original 16, and boy, is it ever good. They used to make a re- uh, honey brown that they I I got. Yeah. I don't know if they still make it, but I can't I can't get it in town here anymore. Um, no, I don't think they make it anymore. Which is crazy because that was my favorite. I just loved that beer. But yeah. But anyway, uh, Chris and Kevin, are you guys uh, drinking anything this evening? Doesn't have um, doesn't have to be, be alcohol. I should be, but I'm not because I foolishly bought a bunch of uh, fancy ciders a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice! And then, of course, left them on my back porch to cool down. So, oh, and they exploded. Naturally, I've got a bunch of uh, uh, flavored ice wrapped in a can. <laughs> <laughs> and every once in a while, I remember bring one in, but I forgot today, so. Yeah. yeah, it happens. I'm, luck, so I'm stuck with water. And Kevin, do are, are, you got anything on the go? I gotta, I've got been doing a lot of iced tea lately, trying to not nice. have soda as much. Yep. Um, and the there's a Snapple that only comes in small bottles, which takes mm. me off because it's a great flavor, but you, you got to buy like a case of it to get it. Oh, okay. Because I just want to get like the giant jug for like two dollars. Yeah. What 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 flavor is it? There's there's just a diet raspberry tea that's great, but I can only get it in like a six pack or a twelve pack or something like that. Okay. What's this? Yeah, this is only like a sixteen ounce bottle. Yeah, that's pretty small. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. and it's the only way it comes. But like every other flavor is in those giant like near. well, for you know, a liter. Um, I, I almost went American measurements there. Yeah. But a you know, like a giant liter, two liter thing, whatever for yep. it, and and then there's this tiny ass little thing. Do they still come in glass down there or plastic bottles? No, they're almost all plastic now, but they yeah. do still have the um, little like uh, fact thing underneath the yep. cap. Yeah. Yeah, we like uh, like in Alberta we get Snapple too, but it, it's always in the plastic, which I don't like because the glass bottles. I I find if you chill a Snapple in the fridge, it tastes so much better in a cold glass bottle than a plastic one. 
Well, I mean, we we can do a, a beverage talk episode later, but the <laughs> the hierarchy of worst to best is in plastic, in can, and then in glass. From worst to best? Yeah, yes. I, I would agree with that. And definitely when it comes to beer. Definitely. But, yeah. yeah. But, um, but I understand. I know one of the issues is, again... Uh, don't want to get off topic here but uh with glass it's so much heavier like that's why they want to switch mm-hmm. to because they can you know fit more into a truck which i understand i guess but yeah. I, I agree with you the taste the taste is so much better in glass yeah yeah first world pro or uh yeah first world problems i guess yeah <laughs> but um yeah, I forgot to ask you guys what you guys were drinking, because that's something that we used to do on, on Geek Fallout once in a while. Kind of stole that from the Atomic Geeks. But, um, all right, well, let's move on to our news segment. Oh, shit. Incoming! All right. Um, you know, I, I think 2022... You know, so far, um, the an appropriate nickname is uh, the Grim Reaper, um, because man, people are just dropping like flies, and, and I want it to stop. Like enough, twenty twenty two. So f- I'll I'll kick it off first because I got a couple here. Um, Louis Anderson, um, American stand up comic. I. I remember him best from his animated series life with louie um passed away on january 21st and it really sucks i i I really like i said i loved life with louie um but yeah he uh really wasn't that old He, he was born in 1953 um so uh I'm just reading from his Wikipedia here. Was an American stand-up comedian, actor, author, and game show host. Anderson created the cartoon series Life with Louie and wrote four books, including Hey Mom, Stories for My Mother, But You Can Read Them Too, which was published in 2018. He was the initial host of the second revival of the game show Family Feud. Oh, yeah, from 99 to 2002. Forgot about that. Um... Anderson received three consecutive primetime awards for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for the FX series Baskets. Um, And, yeah, uh, let's see here. Yeah, and he uh, unfortunately died on the 21st. So, yeah. Uh, Does anyone have anything they want to add to talking about Louis Anderson? Oh, it was just really funny. Yep, you know the the world the world was better with Louis Anderson in it. Um, I remember. It sounds like. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. I was gonna say it sounds like he was like a a comedian's comedian, like well respected within his group. No one having a bad word to say about him, which is why he he always showed up on uh, you know, when someone would do a, a history of a comedian or or an obituary. Ironically enough. Um, or a tribute, like he was always on them because it seemed like he was friends with everyone. Yeah, uh, I 
do remember him as a Family Feud host, but I, I mean, near 20 years ago now, and there's been other ones since. Yep. So that kind of gets forgotten. But Life with Louie was, like, if it came out now, it would be, um, like, with the Simpsons and Family Guy stuff. Yep. Because it was a kid's cartoon, but it was a really smart, sarcastic, satire kid's cartoon, though. Yep. Um, do you guys, do you remember the Christmas episode at all? Uh, no, it, it's been so long since I watched. Like I watched them when they were initially coming out, but it's been so long. One of the funniest things I ever saw it was Louie and all the kids in the neighborhood uh, all get together to decorate the house of this old woman mm-hmm. um, because they believe that she she's an old woman. She lives by herself. She doesn't have any family, so she can't decorate for Christmas herself. So it's all sorts of hijinks of them, like, climbing ladders and stringing up lights and, and you know, where are they going to get more decorations and everything. Yeah. And it comes together and all looks beautiful. And it says, and she invited, you know, old lady Smith, whatever the hell, uh, invited us in as a thank you. And we found out why she didn't put up any Christmas decorations that year. Because she's Jewish. <laughs> I freaking lost it. I could not stop laughing at that line on a kid's cartoon yeah um i remember years ago um he did an one of the few times i watched the oprah winfrey show um he did an interview with oprah and he was talking about um like how he became famous and stuff and you know some some of the unfortunate side effects of becoming famous and rich is uh, people coming out of the woodwork and wanting money from you. And I remember him talking about that. Like, he had, like, family that he never met before calling him up, wanting wanting him to pay their mortgage and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and he, you know, he's, he was happy that he was famous, but at the same time it was almost like a curse, too. Um, because, you know, you have to deal with, with people like that. But, uh, yeah, I just remember... Um, that was one of the first times I ever heard like a celebrity talk like that, you know, like being real. Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, another celebrity death, um, is, uh, probably one of my favorite vocalists behind Freddie Mercury and that's Meatloaf. Um, also known, and honestly, I didn't really know his first name until, like, I'm, I'm sure I heard of it before, but I've always owned him as just as Meatloaf. Um, but he was actually Michael Lee Day, born Marvin Lee Day, um, known professionally as Meatloaf, was an American singer and actor. He was noted for his powerful, wide-ranging voice in theatrical live shows. He is on the list of best-selling musical artists. His Bad Out of Hell trilogy, Bad Out of Hell, 1977, back or Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, 1993, and Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose, 2006, have sold more than 65 million albums worldwide. The first album stayed on the charts for over nine years and still sells an estimated 200,000 copies annually and is on the list of best-selling albums. And I know because I, I own multiple copies of Bad Out of Hell. Um... Yeah, and uh, he died January 20th uh, in Nashville. He was only 74 years old. Um, yeah, 
and he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course. Uh, he was in Fight Club. Um, I remember him being playing Tiny, uh, the bouncer in the first Wayne's World movie. Um, but unfortunately, he died uh, in two, 2022 uh, from complications of COVID-19. So, uh, yeah. Like I said, um, one of my favorite vocalists, Bad Out of Hell... I'd really have to think about this. Bad Out of Hell is probably my favorite album of all time. Um, Pretty solid choice there. Pretty solid choice. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like, my top five albums, like, ACDC Back in Black's up there. uh, I don't know. I'd really have to think about it. But, I mean... There's not many songs on it, so it's not like there's a lot of room for filler. Yeah, it's only I mean, what, seven or eight songs total. Yeah, there? I was gonna say seven Some or eight. Pretty long. But... Yeah, and it's there's really only one song on there that I don't. I mean, I don't hate it, but it's just like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But the rest of them are just amazing. I mean, you know, "Bad Out of Hell," "Paradise by the Dashboard Light," um, two great songs. Um, yeah, growing up, um, I. Like, my mom had the vinyl. I know that. I know we used to have a tape. I know I, I, I got a tape one, from Columbia House one one year. I remember when Bat Out of Hell 2 came out, we bought the CD. Uh, and I did buy Bat Out of Hell 3 because uh, in early 2007, he was on, on the Bat Out of Hell 3 tour, and he came to Edmonton, and I took my mom to see him. And I, I want to say it was March 2007, because it was just before I started my current job. Or I might have just started. I can't remember. Um, and I remember buying that CD there. But, uh, yeah. No, he's just uh, an, an amazing vocalist. Uh, great actor, too. I, I like I liked it when I would see him in things. Um like he, you know, like I said, he was in Fight Club. I think he was in Roadhouse too. If T O O, I mean, not Roadhouse too, but two. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what else. You know, he's been. You know, he's one of those guys that just shows up in things. Um, but the last thing I remember, because I don't think he's been doing much the last few years. Because uh, I know in 2016, when he he was in Edmonton again, he actually collapsed on stage, and they had to like. Uh, take him out by the, you know, through the paramedics. Because um, I think at the time he had like an asthma attack, but he also had an issue with his heart, I think. Um, and, and he had back problems too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, and that's the thing, like, I mean, he he's a big guy, right? Like he's, uh, and he always has been a big guy. Like he he's actually, I think, slimmed down from like when he was in the 70s. But even though he was a big guy, he was... I would say very athletic because I mean, his stage presence, the way he would like run around and, and sing and everything. It it was really amazing. Um, you know, just how, how he carried himself. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really, uh, really saddened to, to hear that. Um, so I'll throw it out to you guys. Uh, any thoughts on, on meatloaf and his, uh, lasting legacy? Well, I, I have a bit of a funny story about him. Okay. Um, in in uh, 
2019, I did a somewhat odd trade show. It was called Hex, as in the Halloween Entertainment Expo. Okay. And it was in it was in Calgary, and it was supposed to be like a giant Comic Con, but for horror movies and and the horror genre. Okay, yeah. And it flopped hard. Um, which I don't understand why it had all the right ingredients, and the two big name guests were Meatloaf and um, Robert England, who of course played Freddy Krueger. Okay. So like they had big guests. They had these huge haunted houses you could go through. They had all sorts of cool entertainment, like freak shows and burlesque dancers and hmm. stuff like that. They had people in costumes chasing you down the aisles. They had all kinds of vendors, but it just flopped hard. It it was so bad. But uh, anyways, um, Meatloaf was there, and during his panel, which they did in the middle of the hall so everybody could hear it, mm-hmm. He said that he hated being referred to as a musician and that he preferred to be called an actor Hmm. and that in his older age, he would only talk about his music if you phrased it through the lens of being an actor and putting on a performance as the character of Meatloaf the Musician. Okay. It was Kind of weird, kind of strange, but it was also really interesting. And it definitely made made me think a bit more about him and how, for him, even though he was more famous as a musician, I guess his acting work meant more to him artistically. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's that's my only real tidbit about him. Um, But, you know, I loved him in the Tenacious D movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, and definitely another person of the world was probably a better place with him in it. I could definitely see like him taking that, um, you know, stance on, you know, like like Meatloaf is a is a, a character, um, because like the, his songs are very theatric, you know, oh, and, yeah. and especially the music videos. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, no, it wasn't um, Roadhouse. I'm thinking of it was a movie called Black Dog uh, with Patrick Swayze and Randy Travis. Um, he's in Fight Club. Uh, yeah, Tenacious D. He oh yeah, he was in uh, season eleven of Celebrity Apprentice as well. Uh, cool. And he was, he, I, I totally missed this. He he was uh, the Spice Girls bus driver in the 1997 movie Spice World. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> that honestly, that is like that. I I I probably didn't even make it to that scene. Uh, that is one movie I actually shut off. <laughs> you know, when I started oh. watching it, I'm like, it's kind of like uh, uh, Battlefield Earth. I think I got like twenty oh, minutes okay. in, and I'm like, eject, took the disc, threw, took it directly to the garbage can, and never looked back. Even though Force Whitaker was. Have you in. ever read the book though? No, I haven't. You know, it is a really great book, and and it's a yep. shame that the book got kind of tinted 
by the Scientology, mm-hmm. which the book yeah. is not about, and it, it's not an, a part of the book in any way. Um, because it was a really great book, and when you read that book, you're like, man, this would make an awesome like episodic television series, like a big budget HBO kind of thing. Yeah. But because of the Scientology angle, because of course L. Ron Hubbard created mm-hmm. Scientology, yeah. you'll only ever get movies produced and starring Scientologists and they'll never be better than the thing that came out in the late nineties. Yeah. And that movie was dog shit. Oh yeah. In fact, I think I'd rather watch a dog shit than watch that movie again. <laughs> I, I would agree. But, I would agree. But the the book is really great, and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Chris and uh, Kev, any any thoughts on Meatloaf at all? Um, nothing that really hasn't been stated. I mean, he's one of those guys I, you know, he's been around all my life. He's been famous the entire time I've been alive. Yeah, I do remember strongly him having quite a few uh, ads in the back of Marvel Comics. Oh, okay. He was always on the back cover or inside the back cover as an animated character. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so for two, three years there, they consistently ran uh, uh, ads starring Meatloaf, which were kind of interesting. Awesome. And, uh Yeah. But he's just sort of always been there, and unfortunately, I'm not shocked that he passed. Uh, he's just one of those high-energy guys that you kind of expected. It almost felt like a Chris Farley sort of thing, where it's like, yeah. you know, it's a shame, but I get it. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the way he sang and how much energy he put forth... Uh, to be able to sing at that high of a level and that consistently and still be able to enunciate all his words so clearly, like it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I like your comparison to Chris Farley. Cause that's what I'm talking about. Like a big guy, but yet he's kind of athletic too. Like, um, like I don't know if you guys have ever seen, uh, when Chris Farley was on David Letterman for the first time. And he and he like runs into David Let or runs into the studio and he's doing cartwheels and and uh, he ended up throwing someone in a dumpster like he ended up picking somebody up and someone from the audience I think and he ran him outside and threw him in a dumpster. Um, but yeah, just high energy, just go go go. Uh, Kev, uh, being from the states, is Meatloaf as popular down there as as he is up here in Canada? Oh, he's. Yeah, okay. I don't mean this way. It's going to come out. He's huge. Um, but Meatloaf is a big um, prom playlist, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, uh, Paradise by Dashboard Light, of course. But then um, I'll Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. Uh, that album coming out mid-90s. Big album, huge, playing everywhere. New generation discovering it. Uh, sold out concerts when he does play in the states. Um, and I'll uh, just to just to put it out there for the world, I'll tell you guys what I said at work about all of this. Um, 
So I told a coworker, I said, hey, did you see that Meatloaf died today? She was like, no, I didn't know. And uh, I said, you know, the funny thing is, I thought he had already died. Like, if you asked me if Meatloaf was still alive, I, I probably would have said no. And she's like, yeah, that's, I was thinking the same thing. When you came in here and told me he died, I thought he had already passed. I said, well, I looked it up to figure out, you know, if it's a Mandela effect kind of thing or, or you know, why yeah. I thought that. And I, I saw the two times he collapsed. You know, uh, there was a 2011 concert incident and a 2016 one. Yep. And he got better, you know, after both. And I said, that's probably why we thought of it, because that happened. And apparently something happened, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2011, 2016, 2022. So apparently something happened now that he wasn't able to recover from. But that means two out of three ain't bad. Ooh. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, though, that actually reminds me of an interview. It must have been right around when uh, Bad Out of Hell 2 came out. Uh, the radio station I was listening to had interviewed him, and they were talking about uh, highlights and lowlights of his career. Yep. And he mentioned the number of people that walked up to him and said that they got married to his music, and they had uh, his song as their wedding song. And I said, like, which one? Two out of three ain't bad. He's like, I don't think these people actually listen to the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. And he was just disgusted. Like, it was like, he was, in some ways, he was proud. He was happy that they appreciated his music, but it's like, I don't think they're listening. Yep. <laughs> yep. Not uh, exactly a love song. Yep. Well, that's like, um, what's that? Oh, uh, Johnny Cash, the when he uh, uh, hurt. When he um, sings that song, so when Stan Lee died, someone did a video of Stan Lee using that song, and I'm like, huh? "Did you actually listen to this song? Like, he's <laughs> like he's not singing about you know being sad or you know like someone dying. He's singing yeah. about drugs, <laughs> like heroin. Yeah, like what wh- what are you doing? <laughs> like." But anyway, yeah, it's it's amazing how people just love you know love a tune, but don't actually like listen to it or think about it. Um, and I seen that on a show recently. Um, you know that song? It's an '80s song. Um, oh, the, this is bad. It's uh, uh, the that guy he's singing about loving this chick or whatever. But actually, if you listen to the words, he's like talking about kidnapping her. And putting her in his trunk. Um, oh shit, I can't remember that song. But oh, there's a few like that. Every it, breath you take is definitely like that. Yeah, it's not that one. It's uh, I'm not I'm not Moonlight Desires, but I can't remember. But anyway, um, I it was on a it was on a sitcom or something where the guy's like like he thinks it's a romantic song, so he's like reciting the words to this girl trying to pick her up and he's yeah and it's like when you actually hear the words it's like dude don't say that um crap i wish i remember that song but anyway if i remember it i'll tag it at the end of this episode um all right well let's move on to any more geek news anyone else have anything they want to throw out there um i'll jump in for for geek news yep just straight up geek news. 
Well, I have one, but anybody else can go first. Okay. I'll jump in quickly. Um, last week, it was Microsoft announced that they were uh, buying out Activision and Blizzard for a grand total of $68 billion. Pocket change. Yeah. <laughs> now, with that, they get a few small properties like uh, Call of Duty, uh, World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Diablo, um, Overwatch. And a lot of people are saying, first of all, there's some consolidation going on in the gaming industry anyway. But on top of that, it looks like Microsoft might be preparing a little bit more to expand their subscriber base. And right now, there's like 250 million subscribers to the different Activision and Blizzard properties. They were one of the bigger companies to ever go out there on their own and have monthly subscribers. And now you've got the large esports with uh, Overwatch sort of being at the forefront of that. Uh, it looks like they, Microsoft is doing their own thing to branch off and do and prepare for whatever's coming next with the metaverse and things like that. It looks like they're uh, doing their homework and uh, locking down uh, sub- monthly subscribers. <coughs> but that price was just astronomical like holy 68 billion the cash too it wasn't like a you know a stock thing or a you know how, however they arranged their numbers it was just straight up crazy yeah that's a yeah that's a lot of money um all right, Ragnar, what what do you have for Geek News? Well, they're making a Weird Al Yankovic movie. <laughs> hmm. And it's going to star Harry Potter. Oh, and yeah, I've seen that. that. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a giant Weird Al fan. I have every record he's ever released in and they're stored in an accordion. Um, I have a Weird Al tattoo. I've seen him in concert at least five times, and I just got tickets to go see him again this summer. And yeah, I I can almost recite the lyrics to any Weird Al song. Um, so yeah, just love love Weird Al. Um, ever since I was a kid, the first time I heard. Jurassic Park, I was like, what is this? This is amazing, and that that feeling never went away. Um, so it was announced last week that um, they are going to be making a Weird Al biopic starring Daniel Radcliffe. Initially, I was very skeptical of that. I later read an interview with Weird Al where he said, well, I'm producing the movie, I wrote the script, and I handpicked him to play me. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, this will probably be great then. Um, yeah, that's all the details I have, but uh, if you are a Weird Al aficionado like me, it is certainly something to look forward to, and it's going to be made for the Roku platform. So I don't think it's ever going to get a theatrical release, and since I have a Roku television, I'm excited to watch it for free. Yep. 
Um, so I'm just looking up that song I was thinking about, and it's Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie, ah. Eddie Money. Uh, yeah. I'm just going over the lyrics. I don't want to let you go till you see the light. Um, yeah, like it kind of sounds like he's talking about abducting, abducting a chick. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, funny when you actually check out the lyrics and yeah, apparently he died in 2019 at the age of 70. Crazy. But, uh, yeah. And I, I have, one other, I have one other piece of news too. Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, last week, the very first teaser trailer for the upcoming Amazon Lord of the Rings series dropped. And it was a essentially a behind-the-scenes video of how they made the opening sequence. Okay. Which is, they car... It's, and the show is going to be called The Rings of Power. And it's apparently going to be the backstory to how the rings were created. And the opening title sequence is the rings of power. The words are carved into wood and they pour molten metal into the wood. And as it, you know, flows through the wood carvings, it burns the wood. And then when it's done, it forms a nice bronze um, piece where it says the rings of power. Hmm. So what was exciting about that is that they opted for practical effects instead of CGI because you could have created that sequence for way less effort with CGI mm -hmm. than actually having a team of artisans pouring molten metal in front of a live camera. Yeah. So that that could possibly set the tone for the show being really good and following Peter Jackson's lead in in you know using practical effects over CGI when and where possible. I'm still incredibly skeptical on this show. Um, I've tried to read The Silmarillion a billion times, and it's the most boring book I've ever come across. <laughs> I know the story because I read, like, the Wikipedia articles, and there is a good story in there, and there's lots of world building, but as a whole, it, it's presented as a very dry history book, not so much a story, and it can be very hard to get into. And I think think a lot of what they're going to be doing in this show is pulled more from sources like that than from the actual Lord of the Rings books. Okay. However, they will be featuring characters that we are familiar with, but played by completely different actors and probably looking completely different. And that's what makes me skeptical. Seeing somebody else be Galadriel. I don't know, man, I'm going to have a really hard time buying that. Yeah. Seeing somebody else be Gandalf could be incredibly strange. Um, seeing somebody else be Elrond would be really weird. So uh, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I have Amazon Prime. It's not going to cost me anything extra. Mm -hmm. But that is, it's not something that is on my radar. And it doesn't come out anytime soon. It's not on my radar for things I'm excited about. It's on my radar for... Things I will check out, but I'm not particularly stoked about. Kind of, kind of the same way I feel about Game of Thrones, although with less anger. I'm not, yeah. I'm not angry at any of the Lord of the Rings properties. Yeah, the Hobbit movies sucked, but 
they didn't anger me and turn me off of the 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 fandom the way the final season of Game of Thrones did. Yep. But I'm not really sold on this. It's apparently going to be five seasons long, and I don't know. Amazon has spent a lot of money on it. They spent a billion dollars just to get the rights to do it, never mind any part of the production. Um, so they've put a lot into it. They think it's going to be pretty awesome. They certainly have the financial resources to make it awesome. We'll just have to wait and see. That being said, they've put a pile of money into the Wheel of Time, and despite the enormous cost, they still end up making it somehow look like it was a BBC production yeah. from the yeah. late 90s. <laughs> Thank you. That is exactly the right way to describe it. It looks like a BBC production. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm hoping this will be good. Um, but I know what you're saying, like about uh, you know different actors playing you know characters that we know. Because I just experienced this uh, on the weekend because I finally watched the Many Saints of Newark, the the prequel mm. for The Sopranos, and I really liked the guy that played Uncle Junior. I thought he did a really good job. Um, oh, I'm blanking on that actor's name, Eric. No. I don't know. He was he was the bad guy in Ant Man and the or the first Ant Man movie. Um, Carry yeah. Carry something. But anyway, he's been on a lot of stuff. Um, he he was Uncle Junior. I, I liked uh, James Gandolfini's son playing you know the younger Tony. I thought he did pretty good. Um, but to be on and the guy that played Silvio, I th actually thought did a really good job. I I actually bought that he was Silvio. But as far as the rest of them, I, I didn't buy into it. It's like, that does, that guy is not Pauly. I don't buy him as Pauly. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I like uh, John Bernthal as an actor. I do. But I like the original guy that they had playing Tony's dad in the TV series. And I know he just passed away, like, last year. And he was, pro and he was too old to play a, a younger, you know, character. Because, I, I mean, he originally played Tony's dad, like, 20 years ago, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, I just, I never bought into Bernthal being Tony's dad and, and I, I but yeah, you know, I, I definitely see, see what you're saying. Uh, but that being said, I, I'm like, I had a hard time with that because I'm such a Sopranos fan where it's like Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings, but I would, I'd say I'm more dedicated to the Sopranos than I am to Lord of the Rings. So I might be okay with the recasts. Like it, it might not be as jarring for me. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed, you know, it'll be good. I'm hopeful. Uh, speaking of, uh, teaser trailers, um, uh, you know, just throwing this out there that, the uh, Star Trek Picard is a new trailer and it still doesn't look good. Uh, but this one has Whoopi Goldberg in it. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know. Like, it, you know, Picard's going to go see her. And, her, like, her bar that she's tending now is on Earth. And it just happens to be at 
10 and you know the address is like 10 forward and i'm just like oh god no um and that, and it looks like brent spiner's in it like he's playing another version of noonie and sing like one of his other ancestors in the 20th another, century another one yeah oh yeah and what's her name agnes is in it not in prison and yeah i don't know it doesn't look good doesn't look good I, i'm not gonna watch it unless you watch it and you tell me it's awesome well i already and know I just i already know i I'm, just don't think it's gonna be awesome. yeah i already know it's not gonna be awesome um but uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for punishment. I keep thinking, like, maybe this time they'll get it right. Maybe. Um, but there's, you know... And I watched an interview... Uh, there's this interview I watched. I can't remember the, the guy's name. But he was talking about, like, films and, and what's wrong with films nowadays. He's like, you know, when I used to go... Or, and this applies to TV shows, too. When I used to go to a movie, I just want to be entertained. I want to have fun. I just want to sit there and enjoy myself. And I want them to take the time, you know, like, I mean, I don't want something that's, you know, completely stupid. You know, I want something that's well thought out. I want, you know, actions to have consequences. I want there to be plot and all that other stuff. And then I want to come out of that movie and just having had fun. He's like, movies nowadays are not fun because... You know, all the studios are putting in there, like, you got to have some sort of political message. You have to have, um, you know, like, what kind of what, you know, what ruined, you know, of course, this is just my opinion. What ruined the, the sequel trilogy of, of Star Wars was, you know, Rey was perfect, like, right from the get-go. She didn't have to learn anything, you know. Whereas, like, Luke had to learn. Like, he had to train to become a Jedi. He had, you know, he had to make sacrifices. You know, he lost his hand. He, you know... But Rey is just automatically good at everything she did. And she never got hurt. Not really. And everything just kind of fell into place. And it's not... And it was, and it was even lamer when we discovered that her parent was not Obi-Wan Kenobi, but was actually the Emperor. Which would have been okay had they, like, you know, set that up in the first movie. Um, But we know, like... Yeah. Like, I, I think it was, like... Because what Daisy Ridley uh, said in an interview... She didn't know about this whole Palpatine thing until, like, two weeks before she started filming. So, like, it obviously wasn't planned. Like, it was just like, oh, you know, we fucked up. The and... third movie, was, the third movie was all just fan service trying to make people not hate the new trilogy as much as they were. Yeah, which for a lot of people totally backfired. For that, oh, it was terrible. But I will not watch those films again. Yeah, but get but getting back to Star Trek Picard, I I just feel like like that's what's happening. It's like. There's all this, you know, and same with Discovery, too. There's all this messaging and, you know, and you have to think this way and we have to do this. And it's like, no, like, you know, Star Trek, you know, like one of the great things about Star Trek is they could tell like a story about Vietnam, but it was done subtly and it was done on an alien world with different people, you know, um, so people weren't hit on over the head with it. You know, whereas now it's like they, they like, 
not only are they hitting you over the head, but they're breaking your legs and your knees too. Like they, you know, they don't want you going anywhere. They want you to take their message and it's not fun. It's just not fun anymore. And, and, and Picard, you know, it just got, it had such potential like that. Like I would say like the first couple episodes of season one were really good. I thought, you know, like they were setting things up, like what's going on with the Borg, you know, what's going on with Data's daughters? How are, how, how are they Data's daughters? And then it's like, they totally forgot what they were doing by the end of the show. It's like the Borg meant nothing. We still don't know what, what the whole point of that cube was, you know, um, Data's daughter, like, it's just a coincidence that Data painted these girls and then someone else made them? Like, uh, I'm just, still, I still don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm, and season two, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Even though it was cool, you know, like, I mean, there's some cool stuff there, like, seeing John Delancey, you know, um, as Q, even though I think they should de-age him, you know. Because Q doesn't age because he's a god. Like, why would Q look older when he shouldn't? Um, well, and you you could you could have him show up and be unaged, like de-aged, and then say, "Oh, I'll make you more comfortable. I'll look your age," and that yeah. would work for the character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and, and maybe who, they'll and, do that, and maybe they like, will. I have a feeling they won't. Yeah, yeah, because it seems like whenever we point out something obvious. Oh, they're all oh, they could, you know, they sh they could do that, and they probably will. They don't. It's like you know, like they they make a point of not being obvious because they're trying to be clever, but that's not clever. Like, I mean, it's all right to subvert expectations, but not to the point where you're not making sense anymore. Um, and yeah, it was great seeing Whoopi Goldberg in in the Guinan outfit. I love Whoopi Goldberg. Um, but what, you she, know, she's definitely very high on the list of celebrities I would love to meet someday. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't, I've never even seen her advertised at a show that I've ever done. And I don't know anyone that's ever said they've met her. So I don't think she does that kind of thing, but boy, that would be cool. I, I know she has shown up at conventions because i know i have seen her on stage with like patrick stewart and stuff like on mm. youtube um okay but yeah none that you know i've ever been to but yeah i'd love to pick her brain you know because she's you know one of the gr you know great backstories about her you know and her, and her involvement in star trek is, is she was a star trek fan growing up you know like she was a like a super fan of nichelle nichols um and then, like when she was trying to get a get a part on on TNG, you know, the, and Lavar Burton was saying, "Hey, you know, my friend Whoopi Goldberg would be interested in in, in guest starring on the show." Uh, the producers didn't even take him serious. They thought he, they were just messing with him because they're like, they're like, "No way!" Would you know? Because this is like right after um, the Color Purple, you know? Because yeah, was, she she was a pretty big name. Like around yeah. around the time she starts showing up in TNG, she was a like a big Hollywood name, right? Yeah, because there's Color Purple, and then there was Jumping Jack Flash. And then, well, 90, I want to say, she was in Ghost. Um, so, yeah. You know, so, but, you know, I, I, I like the fan that, like the fact that she's a fan, and and, uh, and it is cool that, that uh, you know, because I know she, uh, Patrick Stewart went on The View, 
promoting the season one of Picard and he asked her on the show, you know, would you be interested in coming on season two? And, and she is so, so yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, and I think because there's a time travel element to this, to season two, they're going back to like 21st century. I'm assuming to save money on the show. Uh, <laughs> So I'm thinking Guinan, like this bar that she's running that Picard goes to, I think is in the 21st century. Um, so that might be interesting if they do it right, but they probably won't. So I don't know. But anyway, does anyone else have any geek news before we move on? All right, well, let's move on to our next segment, which is comic talk. But Aquaman... You cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. All right. I'm going to defer to Kevin and Mr. Gaida for comic talk uh, for this edition of Geek Followed. So, gentlemen, what, what do you have for us this week? I only brought one thing. Okay. Uh, I tried to keep it simple this week. Um, Punisher. Uh, Marvel Comics is making a move to uh, try to discontinue the Punisher logo uh, because it's been mired in a bunch of uh, controversy with other people adopting the logo and Marvel's not too happy with it. So, in a new series by Jason Aaron, uh, they're taking the Punisher logo away, and the Punisher is going to be one of the new heads of the hand. And they've redesigned his logo to be uh, more Asian-looking, and uh, it looks almost like a biochemical look to it, mixed with the skull. Mm-hmm. I I personally don't think it's going to work very well, seeing that uh, the draw behind the current Punisher logo is its simplicity, and mm-hmm. it's lasted for quite a while on its own anyway. I don't think the people that are using it are even necessarily drawing parallels to the character. It's more of a, you know, uh, a striking logo that uh, seems to work well. It's yep. just very well designed. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll give it a shot. At least the storyline doesn't sound too bad. It's better than him being an agent of God or Frankenstein. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, we you know like the thing is we we still have all those old back issues. You know where the Punisher's the Punisher, right? You know, so I mean we, they they can't you know hopefully fingers crossed well, they don't take that away. The from character us, but... really, the character hasn't truly evolved in. 40 years yeah like it you know having a slight change isn't the worst thing yeah um as far as a redesign i'm not sure if that's the best idea but whatever well i i definitely think this is like a disney edict like this needs to be changed because we cannot be you know associated with white supremacists um so i I definitely see it coming down from disney because i mean that's like back in the 60s when uh, they came out with Black Panther, you know, like there was this push to change it because of the 
the Black Panther Party. Um, they wanted to change him to Cold Tiger or or make him white and that stuff. That and they didn't. They were like, no, like he's an African American man. He's Black Panther. Um, and and they, but I mean, back then Marvel was just Marvel. You know, like they weren't owned by Disney, so. So we were we were talking about the Punisher, this Punisher series at the comic shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor is that the skull, the classic skull, is not stylized enough that it can be copyrighted. So that's mm. why Marvel could never do like a, a cease and desist or a, yeah. you know suing like different print shops or whatever for doing the logo. Because, I mean, Disney is no like notoriously the litigious for stuff like that. Yeah. You know, some children's hospital puts Mickey Mouse up on the walls and they got to go and sue them. Yep. So, obviously, they would sue anyone for having one of their in-house logos now, like the Punisher Skull. But, yeah, the rumor is it's just a skull. You can't copyright a skull. Yep. So, this stylized one, which, which Chris's examples what it looks like made a lot of sense. Um, I was thinking it looked like almost like a demon skull kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, the the new series, Aaron, um, he's the leader of the hand. He's using knives, not guns and all. I'm like, it's going to be a, a six twelve whatever. Like, it's not an ongoing. There's a finite <clears throat> thing for it. Yeah. Let's not make... 13 issues. 13? Okay. Let's not make decisions based on the pro the five pages of promo art for this. Mm-hmm. Like chances are, there's going to be a reason he's with the hand. There's going to be a reason he's using knives and not guns. There might be a reason to explain the logo being you know his his symbol being different that will all be explained in the story. Like give them time to tell the story. <laughs> and you know you mentioned how uh, even if you don't like this version of Punisher, there's still mm-hmm. the old stories. But the fact is, the people, you know, taking the the previous logo there and throwing it on stuff, are not going into comic stores to read Punisher stories, past, present, or future ones. They want that skull design, and that's it. Yeah. They might know it's from the Punisher. They definitely haven't read stories of it. Yeah. So, like, Marvel can change Punisher all they want. We know it's still Frank Castle. He's still gonna have his adventures, and it doesn't really matter what he's wearing. You know, but um, the people that they're worried about using the logo aren't coming in to buy the story anyways, no matter what happens in it. Yep. Yeah, and well, and this this series might be good. Like, Jason Aaron is a good writer, and I know he's written some good Punisher stories in the past. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like in my in my mind, you know, aside from like, uh, I think, oh, and Garth Ennis did a run too. That was really good. Um, yes. but you know, in my mind, Punisher, I'm going back to the late eighties, early nineties Punisher, you know, when, uh, you know, Jim Lee was, was drawing Punisher and, um, more, uh, Portagio, um, Willis Portagio, you know, like I, I bought, uh, cause Comixology had a sale not too long ago. I bought one of the Epic collections that includes, uh, the jigsaw puzzle. Um, and, and that, like, that needs to be made into a Punisher TV series or movie, like that storyline. 
Um, cause it was great. Like, I know they did Jigsaw in one of the movies, but he wasn't like, he was in the comic book. It wasn't the same. No. Um, I want to see them do Barracuda. Yeah. Um, Barracuda was in the Punisher Max line and was like a, uh, Hispanic drug runner, um, but just ridiculously strong and smart and could, you know, out, outthink and outpower the Punisher and, and horribly, you know, violent and evil and had no, no soul, no moral barometer and just really took the Punisher to the limit for. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great character that he, you know, he, he might not stack up against like a, uh, Captain America or Thor or something, but against Punisher, that was a perfect uh, antagonist for him. And I'm uh, almost positive it was in their Max line, and I don't think they brought it over into technically, you know, proper Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did a, a Ma- Max line, I think it was Garth Ennis, maybe it was Jason Aaron, I can't remember, where he f- uh, fought Bullseye. And I wanted that to, I wanted to see that in the Netflix series, like the bullseye we got in Daredevil season three versus the John Bernthal Punisher. Like if they had done a season three of Punisher, I wanted to see those two go head to head. But I don't know. We might still see John Bernthal as the Punisher in, in the MCU, but we'll see. I'm Uh, pretty sure they announced that we would. Did they? Didn't, didn't they announce that a couple of weeks back? That, For Burnthal, not officially yet. No? Okay. Yeah. I'd always seen a thing for Blade, like, you know, because of the new Blade movie's coming out. Well, when I say it's coming out, it could be like three years from now. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I'm not a Blade fan, but I'm looking forward because apparently Black Knight's supposed to be in it. And I liked, what's his name? Um, Jon Snow. I know that's not his, not his real name, but. Um, Kit Harrington as uh, as uh, Dane Whitman in the Eternals. To be fair, Jon Snow sounds like more of a real name than Kit Harrington. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. It does. Um, all right, Kevin, did did you have something for uh, the comic talk? All right, so I'll I'll spin off of the um, Punisher uh, if John Barenthal's in the you know MCU or not. So the rumor is, the uh, two rumors here. One, that the ending for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness will feature more on-screen characters than the end of Endgame. Hmm. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. And two, that the Russo brothers who wrote Endgame, Infinity War, and uh, Civil War um, are currently writing their next Marvel movie, which has not been announced. Mm-hmm. The leading rumor is that it's Secret Wars. Uh... If it's Secret Wars, and if the multiverse story is true, then in theory it is not Secret Wars the 80s version, where the Beyonder shows up and is like, I'm going to just take a bunch of heroes and villains. We're going to go to a planet. We're all going to fight. So just so I know who's stronger. Yeah. And it's not going to be that it's going to be the two thousands. Jeez. Two thousands, like 2010s. However, we we tell time now. I don't know anymore. Um, version of secret wars, which is 
we're going to make one universe in the image of the person who creates it, who you discover along the story, who it was. And I'm going to pull every Earth into existence. So what you ended up having was almost like the super Earth and the police force was the Thor core. So it was every version of Thor across the multiverse. So it was our original Thor. It was the Eric Masterson Thunderstrike for yeah. Thor from the 90s. It was the ultimate Thor. It was Frog Thor. It was like everything. So you had all these different versions of all the heroes. So they brought them in from regular Marvel, from the ultimate line, from like what if versions, all of it. So the rumor is that's what they're writing is a big multiverse everyone fight secret wars thing which multiverse madness will be the next chapter to set this up and then you have wanda you have kang you have uh spider-man all these things they're gonna roll into it as well um the crazy one for the multiverse madness so there's stuff that we can suspect there's supposedly going to be at least one if not multiple versions of fantastic four showing up as a multiverse. So probably the original movie, maybe that Michael B. Jordan one. And then um, whoever from the office that everyone wants to be Mr. Fantastic. John Krasinski. Yeah. There we go. Whether or not it's, he will be in the future or if he's just showing up for a one-off he's going to be around. They might have the X-Men either first class version or, 90s version show up here this is going to be like we can do anything so some people think they might have this might be a way to recast uh black panther it might be a way to bring people back from the dead because michael b jordan's killmonger is a big rumor for it yeah and the crazy thing is they want to do ones that never happened that were heavily rumored or gotten to pre-production, but never happened, including Tom Cruise as Iron Man. Hmm. Wow. It would be wild. If even half this stuff happens, it would be crazy. So uh, Doctor Strange was supposed to come out in February or March. Mm -hmm. It got pushed back to May. Yep. So it'll be the big May superhero release. And part of it is when they saw everything happening for Spider-Man, they said, okay, we need to up our game. And they did six weeks of who can we get to film their stuff, and we need time to do special effects and edit that into the movie. So even if some of these people did one day on set, that's enough for this. Yeah. You just need enough for them to have, like, a cool visual couple minutes on on camera. Hmm. Oh, I can't wait now. And there's um, it's, merchandise is leaking already. Uh, the toys were shown, but the toys can be anything. It doesn't necessarily mean they're in the movie or not. It could just be these are things from Doctor Strange comics. Yeah. Uh, there is an Avengers shirt up on Amazon that is the Avengers A, but done to look like Ultron's style with the red and the metal. Hmm. So supposedly an alternate Avengers. So I, I don't know, because Marvel also likes to fool us, too. Yeah. There There's, you know, the Hulk running as part of the battle in Infinity War, yeah. and he is not Hulk in Infinity War. 
Yeah. So it could be anything. I'm excited though. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm going through all the rumors and, and the Easter eggs and everything. In comics though, DC announced last week, I believe, that the death of the Justice League is coming to celebrate the thirtieth, I think, thirtieth anniversary of the death of Superman. Okay, yeah. Um so something happens and it will be the death of Justice League. They say there will not be a new Justice League title for at least three, maybe even six months after. Hmm. And they, the covers have caskets, and only one member of Justice League is still, quote, alive at the end. And so here it is, a world without a Justice League, and they're going to pause some of the titles and all. Now, they have multiple Superman titles. They have multiple Batman titles. Like, half half of DC's output is Batman or Batman-related. Yep. So there's no way they're killing off Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, like, all of them for months and pausing their titles. That's not going to happen. What I'm thinking is they say Death of Justice League. Justice League's not a person. It's a concept, and that's the idea. It's a group. So I'm thinking... They have something so traumatic, so awful take place in the story that they can't team up. Like the name is tarnished or there's a sacrifice and people don't want to think about it anymore because it's so horrible, whatever had to happen. Or maybe it's um, some sort of thing of, hey, if you swear you won't destroy our planet, then we swear we will never be the Justice League again. No, because you can't kill, uh, you know, oh, it's the Death of Justice League. Well, no, maybe five, six members of it, but you could have other people come in and be Justice League. There's yep. been dozens of members over the years. Other people could show up here. So I'm thinking it's some sort of bait and switch with the title, and we're going to have, for whatever reason, the Justice League can no longer exist within D.C., and then we got speculating at the comic shop. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if Justice League's off the table and the DC, the, the people in the DC universe turn to the Titans and say, it's time to step up. Yep. Stop being kids. It's time for you guys to be the A team here, the leaders and give Titans a time to shine. I'm thinking like when Marvel got rid of the Avengers for a while and then you had, you know, other teams and other books show up in its place to tell their stories. And if DC's taken one of their biggest guns off the table for a while, it will be interesting to see who shows up instead. So I'm excited for it, but I also really don't want to be buying like, you know, 50 issues of a title that's not going to matter in three months. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know um, Brian Michael Bendis is doing this big push for Legion of Superheroes. So maybe they'll, be the legion of superheroes like but in the 21st century no you know because right now there's uh he's doing a miniseries jla versus the legion of superheroes um and i just i don't know i i i I can't get into bendis's legion of superheroes it just he's spinning way too many plates on that series and i just i can't keep up with everybody but yeah, I could see. Yeah, maybe instead of the, yeah, I, could, I I definitely see what you're saying. Like, because yeah, yeah, you kill off um, 
was it John Stewart that's the Green Lantern on the Justice League right now? You kill him off, yeah, and that... then Hal Jordan could just take his place. Yeah. You know? There, there's multiple of all of them now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what... It, there's some swerve that they're definitely wording it a certain way and marketing it a certain way. So when you read it, you're like, oh, that's, I see what you're doing now. Yeah. But they're trying to get the attention on it with calling it the death of. Yeah. I mean, they need to do something. Batman and bat related books are eight of their top 10 books every mm-hmm. month. Yep. Uh, it's really, really focused in and nobody else seems to. Even though they try, they never really seem to resonate with the fans. And, I mean, uh, Legion of Superheroes would be nice, but they haven't resonated with fans in close to 40 years. At one point, they were the most popular book in existence for Mm -hmm. quite a while. It was really well written, and people loved the Justice League, but they just... Fell out of, uh, sorry, uh, Legion of Superheroes, but they fell out of favor. If they could gather some of that back, it would be nice, just for something different. There's only so many bat stories you want told before it becomes oversaturated. Like, yep. They need to do something to diversify. And they need to put the Joker on the shelf for a while. Like, there's so many, so many yeah. Joker stories yes. now. Like, it's just, ugh. They don't care anymore. Unfortunately, he is one of their top, basically top three selling characters. Yeah. Him, Batman, and Harley Quinn, basically. Yep. So it's hard to put down a guaranteed moneymaker when you're hemorrhaging money everywhere else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh... I, I like this isn't a comic book, but it is based on a comic book character. Have, have you guys seen the new uh, Peacemaker TV series? Yes. Do, no, do you, but I heard it was awful. I I, I yeah, love it. I have... It's surprisingly hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. Really funny. Um, like I haven't seen the most recent Although... episode, but. It's really raunchy. They need to bring Jodo Master back in his original outfit instead of this green one, though. Yeah, and then I, I also heard that he wasn't actually doing Judo moves. No. So, <laughs> but... Nowhere uh, close. Yeah, but uh, I just... Yeah, I love that exchange uh, when, you know, they were tied up there. And he, and uh, John Cena keeps taunting Judo Master. Um. Yeah, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say too much, but it it is good. I like it. I, I one of the best things DC's put out in a long time, I think. Um, but not for kids. I can't stress that enough. Do not no. let your children watch this <laughs> yeah. show. The only real crossover character they have, oddly enough, is the vigilante, because he had the appearances in uh, Arrow for one or two seasons. Okay, but definitely not the same characterization. No. But yeah, he's he's hilarious too. Uh, you know, I love that guy. Um, and what's her name? Uh, the the lady who played Amanda Waller in uh, the Suicide Squad movies. She um, did a cameo as well. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Great show. I, I can't say enough great things about it. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, all right. Well, if you guys don't have anything else for comic talk, uh, unfortunately, we don't have Rich here for our tech talk, so we'll just slide right into our main topic. Olympics. Um, and yeah, it's, it's happening. Um, unfortunately our NHL players aren't going well, fortunately, but unfortunately at the same time, um, because I love, I love it when the NHL plays in the winter Olympics, but at the same time, I don't want to see them taken out, uh, due to COVID or, you know, COVID restrictions or, you know, get something broken. Because that's all Edmonton needs is Connor McDavid, like, going there and breaking his leg or something. You know, then we'd really be done for. Um, but, I mean, I'll also watch it. And I, and it's an opportunity for some of the other, uh, you know, non-NHL hockey players to shine. But, um, you know, growing up, the Winter Olympics were, like, the Olympics. Like, you know, I, I didn't really watch much Summer Olympics. Um, but in my household, um, you know, the Winter Olympics were a big thing. Especially in 1988 when they were in Calgary. Um, like, I remember my mom and dad went and watched some Olympic hockey uh, in Calgary. And I just remember watching it. Um you know, on TV, you know, you had the Jamaican bobsled team, of course. Uh, you had uh, Elizabeth Manley, um, you know, figure skater. Um, and I, and I, to be honest, I don't really remember what else happened. I just remember it, it just seemed like it, it, even though it's only two weeks, back in 1988, it felt like it was like two months. It seemed like every day there was like Olympics and, and there's things going on. Um and then as I got older, you know, 2002, um, you know, there was the, you know, when the NHL went to the Olympics and Wayne Gretzky was the GM and, and they won the gold. It was like the first time in 50 years or something that uh, Canada won gold at the Olympics uh, for hockey. Uh, and then, yeah, what was it, 2014? 
when they won gold, or no, 2010, I think they won gold too. But I think it was 2014, I actually like stayed up to watch the gold medal game because it was like 7 in the morning or something. But anyway, you know, the Winter Olympics have always been a big part of, of my life growing up. And it inspired me to create this topic. Winter, we're going to talk about Olympic events, but with a geek spin to them. You know, things that we might uh, uh, throw, you know, ideas we might uh, submit to the IOC or whatever, uh, you know, to, to be Olympic events. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a winter thing. Like, I know with the winter, you know, and this is the winter edition of Geek Fallout. If you want it to be a summer Olympic event, that's fine too. And, like, my event, for example, could be a summer event or a winter event. Or both. Um, Alright, well, let's start with Ragnar. Ragnar, what, what do you have for an idea for an Olympic event? Well, um, I got I to gotta start off by saying I don't really pay much attention to the Olympics or, or follow them. Um, not to disrespect any athletes. I, you know, mm-hmm. nothing but respect for athletes. And I think here in Canada, we have some excellent ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't do much. doesn't excite me much. That, that's the way um, I am with the summer Olympics. Like I, I don't really pay yeah, attention okay. to be honest. Yeah. Um, so the idea that I came up with is the Lord of the Rings triathlon. So, they give you a gold ring, and you have to get to a volcano and chuck it in the volcano. And along the way, you have to um, cross mountains through snow. You have to do archery. You have to do axe throwing. And you have to do horseback riding. Nice. And if they made a sport like that, I would probably watch it. Excellent. Yeah, I would definitely watch it too. Um, so if did they are given a gold ring, um, and they have to throw it in the volcano, or can they decide yeah, to keep get, it? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta cross the mountain range and chuck it in a volcano. Okay, but if, so if you don't make it, do you get to keep the gold ring? Or, do you, or do, mm-hmm. as a consolation prize? No, I or? think if you don't make it, I, I think if you don't make it, you have to give it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. If you think about it, most countries don't have active volcanoes, so this is a good chance to get the kids involved, and you have school sponsorships to build their own fake volcano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> nice. No, that, I, I would definitely watch that. That that does sound interesting. Um, well, yeah, that, that's what I came up with, anyways. Excellent. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you have for an idea for an Olympic event, geek related? Okay, bear bear with me here because this is hey. a bit of a slow build. Now, based on what we've already heard, even in this discussion. Let's face it, the Olympics has been going down in prominence and popularity over the last few decades. And it's been having a hard time getting host countries because it's very expensive and the host cities tend to actually lose money over time. Yep. Not a whole lot of countries are bidding on the Olympics. 
And there's a lot of sports in there that people really don't care about no matter what. I mean, we give out medals for them, but nobody can name anything about them. So, all of this in mind, we're going to try to build up a little bit of money for the host country by paying attention to their media properties. And we're going to have an event based around their biggest cultural property. If it was Britain, for example, we could say one year it could be like uh, Doctor Who or Harry Potter or something like that, or Lord of the Rings, whichever they decide, whatever the host country decides. And they're going to come out with the latest movie based on their most successful franchise that they have. And you're going to have errors purposely put into the movie. And each Olympic team is going to have to go in real time when this movie is debuting, where everybody else around the world is going to have to pay to see it. And the Olympic teams are going to have to pick out the continuity errors in the movie in real time. Hmm. Bonus points will go to if they find continuity errors that were not planned. Interesting. And whichever team could pick out and prove their knowledge of the host country's prime media property and, you know, show that uh, and nitpick enough like they do for everything else that, hey, we know all this about Lord of the Rings and they got this wrong. That team wins. All right. So, like, for example, like, say it is England and, like, let's say Doctor Who was the one that won out. Um, sure. So, like, a continuity arrow could be, like, uh, you know, the Doctor lifts his jacket up and he's wearing, like, a Starfleet Com badge. And then, boom, that's it. Sure. That's, that's an error. That would be an easy one, yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. And every country would have whatever they chose would be their uh, uh, major media property. Uh, you know, in the USA, it would probably based on the last few years, it would probably be something Marvel based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in years past, it would have been something completely different, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I could see. Uh, some countries having something martial arts based or something fairy tale based. It really depends on the country and what they're going for, but that way they would be able to cooperate with their uh, biggest media companies, sort of set up a sponsorship. And again, you pretty much have guaranteed sales if you want this uh, competition to be viewed in other countries. Would the host country also be participating in this? Yes. Okay, because I would think they would probably... They'd also have a pretty good advantage. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting idea. Could be a lot of fun. Yep, definitely. Excellent. Um, all right, well, I'll go next. Mine's pretty simple. I shared this with, with, the, with the group already. Um, my idea for an Olympic event, um, you know, geek related, if you like, for example, 
if you go to a convention, you know, uh, I don't, or, you know, even like say Disneyland, you're sta- you have to stand in line a long time to go to certain things, you know, like at a convention, uh, you know, get a, go get an autograph, uh, photo op, um, you know, Disneyland, if you want to go on the, the cars ride or whatever, whatever the new, you know, the star Wars, uh, ride, you know, new star Wars ride or whatever, you got to stand in line for a long time. And, and there's rules that you have to, you know, sometimes follow. Like, I know at conventions, uh, there's certain areas where you're not allowed to sit. Um, they, you know, like a security guy will come by and if they see you sitting, they will make you stand. And if you don't stand, they'll carry you out of the event. Um, so my Olympic event, you know, so you, you know, standing is, um, something that is very important in geek culture when you go to conventions or when you go to an amusement park. So my event is simply standing. Um, you know, um, like I'm, I'm telling you, um, when I go to like a three day convention, like, like let's say Calgary, I usually have to take the, like the next day off, um, just because I'm so tired because you literally stand and walk everywhere. And if you're, and like I said, if you're caught sitting you know, in certain spots that don't accommodate sitting, uh, you can get into trouble. So, you you know, you, you stand and you walk a lot. So my Olympic event is just standing. You know, you get, you know, d- different competitors and they have to stand until they can't stand anymore. Uh, a couple of the rules, um, you know, the, of course, there's no sitting. Uh, there's no leaning. You can't lean on uh, on a wall or another competitor. Um, there is no diapers allowed um, because some people do wear diapers. Um, I don't know if people wear diapers at conventions, uh, but I have heard of concerts like uh, like outdoor festivals and stuff where people wear diapers in case they can't make it to a bathroom. Um, so yeah, no number one, no number two. Um, and yeah, the last person standing wins the event. Uh, second person, you know, second last wins silver, uh, third last wins bronze. And yeah, you literally have to stand for as long as you can stand. Um, you know, if you, if you sit or, or, try to do anything you're immediately disqualified uh and because this is you know based on the premise of going on a ride or going you know say standing in line to get a photo op or something you cannot go to the bathroom in your pants um it doesn't matter how much you pay for a photo op with shatner if you shat yourself you're not standing by the shat like it's not happening uh they will throw you out um, so yeah, last man standing or last woman stand, uh, last man and last woman, because, you know, Olympics, you got the men's and women's, um, this could be a co-ed division, but I mean, if you want to separate it, you can. Um, and yeah, like the beauty about this event is it can be winter or summer. Um, the interesting thing with winter though, 
is if you if you are at the Winter Olympics, I mean, you could you would have to dress for the elements and everything. Um, but sometimes at a convention, like if it's like for example in Calgary, you know, uh, 2019, it started snowing. Um, even though it was the end of April, you know, they got a snowstorm that Saturday night. If 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 the events, you know, outside, you know, you might be in the middle of a snowstorm. You know, so the elements might come into play as well. Um, so this, you know, like I said, it, you know, actually, I think if you, if you had it as an outdoor event, it might be more interesting. Uh, you know, with winter, um, you know, in the summer, like, you know, you could have a thunderstorm. So that might affect you too. Um, so yeah, like I said, no diapers, no, no catheters, um, you can't have a catheter going and you can dress climate appropriate. You know, like if, if it's winter Olympics, you can wear a toque, you can wear a winter jacket, winter boots, uh, ski pants, whatever, whatever you need. Um, within reason, like, like I, w I would say, you know, everyone could wear like a snow suit you know, uh, like a skidoo suit, you know, one piece, uh, with the hood and everything, I would think that would probably be best. Uh, and if it's the summer, you can wear like shorts and a, and a t-shirt. Um, but yeah, the moment you, you try and sit down or you drop to your knees or whatever, you are out. That is it done. Um, because like I said, in the convention world, Standing is um, something that we all have to go through, and it can be trying. It can really be trying, you know. I've I've had, you know, more uh, security is, like, I was told I wasn't allowed to sit. Because I, I, like, this chick came out of nowhere. Like, I just, I had to sit. I was standing for, like, four or five hours. I literally get on my ass on the floor, because there's no chairs, of course, and boom, the security chicks telling me I have to stand or I was going to be escorted out. So, you know, this is a real thing. If you've ever been to a convention, you know, if you're, if you cannot, if you're not a high, you know, if you can't stand for long periods of time, uh, make sure you, uh, I don't know, come prepared, you know, cause there, there's a lot of standing. So that's my Olympic event standing. That's it. Um, Go ahead, Chris. Quick thoughts. Yep. First, this is not going to be a ratings winner. No, um, it, it, it's it's this, yeah. It, it's one of those that um, you know, like I don't think it, you know, like it won't be on CBC, but it's one of those that they will, you know, tune back to every once in a while, like during other events. Well, again, this might have to be one of those ones that starts like right at the very beginning of the Olympics, mm -hmm. because there's going to be some people out there that can just stand for days, and you just sort of find out the winner you know, three days later. Yep. It, I don't think it would ever and, go that long, because I don't think anyone could hold their pee in that long, but I don't know, maybe. Oh, there's somebody out there. Maybe. There's somebody with long with a, quite a bit of endurance that comes in dehydrated and prepared. Yep. The only other benefit that I can see 
is you might end up with an awesome uh, gag reel in the end because as people start to collapse, funny things happen. Yep. Well, I could definitely see like a domino effect happening, you know. Um, basically, I think as long as you're not the first person to drop, I think you're okay. You know, because everyone will remember that first person that drops. But once people start dropping, like I could just see people giving up and being like, fuck this, you know, I need, I need a glass of water or something. Um, and I mean, they I'm going can't... down, I'm taking the Vietnamese team with me, Dan. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you, you can have water like, like that, you know, like you can have water, you can have food, but that's not going to help you because you got to hold it in. You can't, you can't, uh, expel anything. So, but anyway, that was my Olympic event. It sounds boring, it and it kind of is, but it's also interesting, like to see how long someone would be able to last. And like I said, I think this is one of those events that they just cut to every once in a while while other events are going on, just to give you an update. You know, like you know, Japan lost their guy, you know, Sweden lost their guy, you know, but the United States guy somehow is in there. And somehow bigger than everyone else, but he's he, you know he's pulling through, you know, like just something like that. But anywho, Kevin, what what is your Olympic event? All right, I have the spoiler-free triathlon. The winner will be whoever makes it back to their home in the shortest amount of time and without hearing any spoilers for the new episode of whatever it is that is on. <laughs> nice. Love it. First part, you have to make it through an entire shift of work without anyone ruining it for you. Your shift is however long your shift is. So, you could have certain people competing who work shorter shifts and thus get a bit of a jump start ahead. Second interval is you have to go to your local comic book store. Nothing is set aside for you, so you have to go and walk through the racks and pick out your books and go up to the register, thus giving ample time for random people to talk about the show and spoil it to you or to talk near you or around you and you overhear it. Then third interval is you have to get your food for the night. So you need to go into your local Chinese restaurant or pizza or whatever you're having and get the food there and thus come in contact with more people who might be discussing things and spoil it for you. Then you need to make it back home. All of this will also happen in the winter. So there is a winter driving degree of difficulty added to it. Hmm. Interesting. Now, would you be allowed to have accessories such as headphones or something like that? See, it would. I would say no. Um, but then that messes up the work aspect. Because what if you have to use headphones for something at work? Like if you answer phone calls all day. Hmm. So I would say uh, nothing outside of what you would have during your normal day-to-day -day interactions. 
So if you have to wear a headset for part of the job, then you can continue to. But if you don't go into the comic shop with earbuds in, then you can't do it this time. Interesting. I feel like I could do very well at this. <laughs> Assuming I was back at work as as opposed to at home. Uh, I, I worked in cubicles and things like that, but nobody else was anywhere interested in anything pop culture related. So I was fine. Like, new movies to them were, like, on Golden Pond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or... or Like, I literally overheard a conversation in 2019 about somebody who had just discovered something called Netflix. (laughs) It it just boggled my mind. So I I think I'm safe there. And I'm starting to look old enough and surly enough where people don't ask to help me when I walk into a store like the comic shop. (laughs) Yeah. It was like... they just assume I know what I want and leave me alone. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> or, or so my, my only uh, real my only real fear is accidentally overhearing something while picking up food. Yeah. It's like that can be a short period of time. That's not bad. Oh, and and I'll say my shop is actually everyone there is respectful for stuff like that. If they're talking about something, as soon as someone new walks in the door, hey, we're talking about this. Have you already watched it, or have you already read it? If you haven't, are you concerned about us spoiling it? Because, like, today they wanted to talk about something in the latest X-Men. I'm like, I'm not reading it. Go right ahead. I yeah. don't care. Nice. Yeah, but everyone kind of checks first to make sure of it. Yeah. And that's nice that they do that. It's awesome you got a respectful comic shop. Oh, we did... What? Who was doing it one one of our friends this wasn't comic shop this was like elsewhere in life but one of our friends wanted to spoil something and i i I flat out said i will walk out the door if you do you think (laughs) i'm kidding like day is over i'm gone and then for the rest of the day you you all can talk about i can't believe kevin left (laughs) Huh. Um. Yeah, excellent. Uh, does anyone else have anything that they wanted to throw out there for an Olympic event? Because I, I got something from Richard. Then I have another idea I wanted to throw out real quick. So if if you guys want, we could do a lightning round if you had any more ideas. I I really just had the one. Okay. Kevin, did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there? I I actually have one. Serious one. Okay. Go ahead. I would like to see pro wrestling as an Olympic sport. That's actually now, that's actually the, my that's one that's the one I was going to throw out there. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the way I would do it, um, take figure skating for example, because people say, "Well, pro wrestling is scripted. Well, mm-hmm. it's planned out." Okay. Well, figure skating is planned out. I'm going to do a sow cow, then I'm going to do a triple lutz, and I'm, my mom watched it. I know these terms. So, <laughs> you know, they know what they know what they're going to do. It's how well are you going to do it, though? 
Yeah. And then you have the pair skating. Okay, so the two of you are going to do it, and the two of you are going to bounce off of each other to make it look even better. How well are you going to do it? And with your music and your theatrics and everything, how entertaining are you going to make this? And that's what you're we're judging you on, on the artistry and athleticism of it. Yep. So, all right, let's say every country picks two wrestlers that will represent their country and, okay, put on the best match that you two can with your artistry and your athletics and your theatrics and everything. And we know what you're going to do, but we want to see how well you do it. And we'll pick whichever countries, just same as gold, silver, bronze, ended up putting on the best show and showed off their athletic skill and what they could do and the maybe a difference for their country's athletes that the other ones weren't able to do. Um, I assume it would probably be on some sort of point system, much like gymnastics and figure skating. And then it doesn't matter that it's scripted because that's not the point of it. You're not doing it like Greco-Roman wrestling of actually, you know, the competition part of it. It's more the performance, again, like a figure skating or gymnastics for it. So what would it? So, like, say, because, you know, Olympics is, you know, per country. So, like, Canada, for example, they would just be wrestling themselves? Like, they wouldn't be, like, Canada versus United States? Right. Let's say Canada says, I, I mean, I, we'll just take it from, like, you know, any time. Let's say Canada is like, hey, we're going to send Bret Hart and Owen Hart, and they're going to wrestle each other in the Olympics because we think the two of them could put out a better match than anyone else from any other country. Okay. And let's say uh, America's like, we're going to send uh, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Because we think that could be performance better than anything else. And Mexico's like, we're going to send Rey Mysterio and, I, you know, I don't know, another mass wrestler. And so the two that you pick could talk about it and plan it out and, and workshop it and do test run matches and really get it down to a science of it. Yeah. You might even say, like, maybe even put a time limit on it. Like, everyone gets 10 minutes. That's it. Yeah. So give us the best 10-minute match you can. Because you can't have someone come out and do five and someone come out and do an hour. Then that makes it uneven as well. Yeah. So you could say, all right, every you get a 10-minute a routine, we'll say. Yeah. Show us the best one you can do in that time frame. Okay. So then you'll like an English style would be different. A Japanese style would be different. Yeah. I like it. My only real concern though, is if you give the people that much time to plan it out, it'll become over choreographed and it'll be like a mixture of a martial arts movie and Cirque du Soleil. Mm. True. Where, I it, it, it won't be wrestling anymore. Yeah, like, um, like when I when I was thinking, and it's it's so funny you brought this up, Kevin, because I was thinking very similar. Um, you know, I would think, uh, like, but rather than you know having, uh, you know, like, like a country like you know kind of wrestle themselves or whatever, I would say like, okay, let, let's say Canada versus U.S. Um, you know, and I mean, 
for the Olympics, you know, if you, you want your best athlete. So, I mean, obviously for the U.S., you know, they would want someone from the WWE in there because that is the top of the line. And if and Canada, you know, if they have uh, any top Canadian wrestlers, you know, that are in the WWE, Canada would want them too. But what I would do is I would, because I would want to see every type of match possible. You know, like I would want to see Hell in a Cell, you know, maybe Elimination Chamber, whatever. Um, you know, and you could, uh, you know, these uh, Olympians go into the Olympics not knowing exactly what they're going to have to do. So they have to prepare for everything. And then, you know, like a day before, you know, like you, you could basically skip, make it like a tournament you know, whereas, you know, we're going to have six countries competing in the Elimination Chamber. We're going to have, you know, two countries doing Hell in a Cell. We, you know, we got these wrestlers, you know, like, say, ten countries competing in Royal Rumble, uh, whatever. And then just, like, regular matches as well. Uh, and it's all randomized. So, like, for example, Canada might be facing the U.S. in a Hell in, Hell in a Cell match. But they don't find out until, like, the day before. And so, okay. so the, when, uh, the, you know, say they know they're, they're, uh, playing the States or wrestling the States, they can actually talk like the day before and come up with like a routine between the two of them. And then whichever team, you know, like they can pick whoever they want to win, you know, cause it's, you know, not, you know, it's scripted wrestling, but. Again, like you said, it would be judged by judges, similar to, like, figure skating or whatever. And um, so even though, like, say, Canada, U.S. are wrestling in Hell in a Cell and the the U.S. wrestling team wins, like, say it's a tag team match, um, they might not necessarily win the event. Like, the judges might decide, well, the Canadians are actually more realistic. Like, I bought into what they were doing more than the u.s so they'll get the you know get into metal contention and actually you could I, I don't know there's so 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 many scenarios that they could do it really is limitless um but yeah i i wouldn't want to give them too much of a heads up i'm thinking a day and then they could work with their competitors um to make it as re realistic as possible for sports or for uh you know wrestling entertainment you, you could almost do it as a team. Um, think of gymnastics like, oh, hey, we decided an hour before the event that uh, this person on the team will do this, you know, you know the horse, and this one yeah. will do the uneven bars and all. Um, so you could even do it like that of, okay, an hour before the match, we decided of the, you know, let's say there's like six guys for Team USA and six guys for Team Canada or whatever. We decided which two are going to wrestle tonight for it and if we progress into uh like metal contention yeah it might be a different pairing of two yep yeah absolutely yeah like i said there's so many different scenarios you could do here to make it work and uh, and to be honest with you like n not to knock you know normal olympic wrestling but i would sooner watch this than you know the you know using air quotes real wrestling 
but yeah, no. Yeah, and and go a, ahead. A real wrestling that's actually someone good mm-hmm. is entertaining to watch. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. there's so yeah. few that are on that level. Yeah. Like I remember watching Kurt Angle in the ninety six Olympics and you could tell he was on a different level. Yeah. And and yeah, because the guy refused to take you know, to take a fall and ended up landing on his neck on purpose and breaking it so he didn't take a fall. Yeah. Like that's psychotic other level behavior for someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not not to knock real wrestling. Like it it it's honestly I think real wrestling is the the hardest sport I've ever attempted. Um but uh, also wrestling entertainment is, isn't easy either. Cause yeah, you have to be entertaining and, and having the judge system works because I mean, that's what figure skating is. Like, I mean, it is technical. I mean, you know, like if you do, like I say a triple flip or, or triple axle or whatever, and, and you fall, you know, immediately you're losing like a lot of points. Um, so yeah. like a, for a wrestling move, like, you know, say you're doing, um, uh, like a, you know, off the ropes, um, whatever, you know, and you don't land it, I mean, you're going to lose points there too, right? You just know those judges are taking bribes. Yeah, you got to <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep Vince McMahon out of it somehow. The, 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 there's no way the judging is going to be fair. Uh, I, well, yeah. it's not fair in most of them. Maybe, maybe you, you eliminate the... You eliminate the highest and the lowest judges' scores. Yeah, I would think... I wonder who you would get to judge. Like, would you get... I don't know. Former WWE... You know, like, would you get, like, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and guys like that judging it? Or would you want, like, an actual, like, wrestling coach? I don't know. I I would think you would go coaches... You know, yeah, and, like, and, and oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just uh, like maybe coaches, and uh, I don't know how many they have for, you know, the events we're comparing it to five, six, seven, you know, however many they have like that. Uh, the Russian judges always seem to grade a little harsher, you know. Oh yeah, except their own people. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Guys like Dave Meltzer. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, guys from you know, professional uh, magazines and reporters that uh, already mm. report on these things and rate matches. Yeah, yeah, Meltzer, Wade Keller, and all. Yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting. Excellent. Yeah, so yeah, that was that was one I was going to throw out there. I I do have another one that I'm going to throw out there, and this is on behalf of Richard, uh, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. Um, he had an idea for. I'm just calling it up here. Um, Olympic LARPing. Um, so I, I don't, he didn't really break down like the rules or anything like that, but I'd imagine, um, I don't know. Like with I lar- tried hard on that. I couldn't find a way to score it. Yeah. I, I would think it would have to be like, you know, you'd have to judge it like figure skating where, you know, like they're not just judging the performances of of the actors. Do you judge it like cosplay? Yes. Or? Yeah. Like they'd have to judge costumes too. Cause I mean, that does factor into figure skating, right? I think, That's you, true. Know, yeah. you know, like if you have to have a nice costume, 
Um, like, is it authentic? Is it original? You know. Yeah, and 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 I don't know. Like, do do you have a theme going into it, or uh, is it single person or a team? Like, I would think it would have to be team. And well, I guess it would be just you know if if you're doing like a like a figure skating comparison. You know, they have their routines planned. They have their costumes made before they go to the Olympics. So I guess LARPing would be kind of the same. You know, where they would come up with their own scenario and do, you know, like whatever, a five or ten minute performance. And then I guess whoever does the better performance wins. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what Rich would want, but uh, yeah, that, that's the best. That's the best way I could figure it. I just wonder: would a theme have to be declared ahead of time, because it leaves it really open-ended? Otherwise, yeah, or would it be anything? Yeah, I think it would have to be declared ahead of time. Yeah, and uh, and who do you get to judge? I don't know. The Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Yeah. 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 Well, that's fine for the American judge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, the American team always wins. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I I guess this was an episode. This uh, Olympic events for uh, that are geek related. But before we go, let's play that little game of work. We can find you on the internet. And Chris, where can we find you, sir? Um, for the most part, you can't. I've been hiding out quite a bit. I'm still kind of on Twitter at, I think, Alias Ego. Okay. And I guess I'm on Facebook with Chris Guida. All right. And I probably have accounts for other things, but I don't remember them because I don't use them. Yeah. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I'm also very boring. <laughs> um, I am. I can be found here on uh, the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Uh, we do a number of podcasts, but besides Geek Follow, we do the Pop Culture Pub Podcast, and we do Trek 1701. Um, so you can hear me there and i do a blog occasionally at randomnerdist.blogspot.com i also manage a number of facebook groups on facebook so just type into go to groups type into the search bar the pop culture pub podcast network type in lockhart's uh animation and toy fran favorite animation toy franchises uh you can type in outer spaces it's a space group that i've got on facebook uh, the Incredible Fans of the Incredible Hulk. If you're a fan of the Hulk, I think you would like that group. And we have a group called Trek 1701, which is based on the Trek 1701 podcast. And those are all available on Facebook. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Pinterest, I believe, as ChrisLock1701. Kevin, where can we find you, sir? You can find me across the internet. Most social medias are at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is the home blog. And then I do stuff over at the Retro Network as well. Excellent. 
and Ragnar. Where can we find you, sir? Well, uh, RagnarTheTrader.com is my main website. And, of course, I'm active on Facebook and Instagram as RagnarTheTrader. And uh, hopefully someday this pandemic will end and you can find me at trade shows again, which is my real passion. But uh, right now it's online only. Yeah, fingers crossed. I know the Calgary Expo still... You know, announcing guests, so fingers crossed. Oh, the the Vancouver Expo, which is in three weeks from now, is still announcing guests. So, mm. fingers crossed. Yeah, and you're and you're going to that one. Well, you know, theoretically, yeah. If it doesn't get canceled, well, that'd yeah. be awesome. I'm signed up and I've paid for it. <laughs> well, whether or not it happens is a different story. Excellent. Well, I hope I'm hoping to see it at Calgary because I'm hoping to attend Calgary mm-hmm. myself. That'd be um, awesome, man. And I already got my tickets for Edmonton because they canceled last year, so they just moved my tickets to this year. So, Right, yeah, just rolled them over. Yeah, so hopefully that's not canceled. Um, I haven't heard anything from Volcon this year, so I'm, I'm still hoping that they got something going on, but... Yeah, we'll it, it wouldn't surprise me if that if that's a victim of the pandemic. But yeah, because I would think because you know like with insurance and all that kind of liabilities, it's it, it it's tough, especially if it's a small town, putting it on. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see. But Fingers we'll crossed. Just keep hoping. Yep. All right. Well, this was an episode of Geek Fallout, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. This is this was our winter 2022 episode, and we will see you again in the not too distant future. Bye.